Good morning to Radha Kalachanji Dam. And good morning to all of the assembled devotees here in the Dam. Today is March 13th, and we're continuing to read from Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, sixth chapter, and we will be covering the fifth text. Yes. And the topic of this chapter very relevant. All of the chapters are relevant. But this chapter is the conversation between Narada and Vyasadeva. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Well, even before we do that, we always like to sing Jayarada Madhava, so... Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Yashoda Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yashoda Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya 
Yashodanandanabrajajaranjanan。Yashodanandanabrajajaranjanan。Yamunatira Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jai Radha Kalachanji Radha Kalachanji Radhi Jai Radha Kalachanji Radha Kalachanji Radhi Jai Jai Jagannath Jagannath Jagannath, Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jagannath, 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 Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jaya 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 Baladev Jaya Jaya Subhadra Subhadra, Subhadra, Jaya Jaya Subhadra. Jaya Jaya Gornitai, 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 Jaya Jaya Gornitai. Gornitai, Gornitai, Gornitai. Nitai Goro Haribo 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 Nitai Goro Haribo Nitai Goro Haribo 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 Nitai Goro Haribo Jai Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai Jai Shishirata Kalachanji Dham Ki Jai Again Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Again, we're reading text five from chapter six of Canto One, and the topic of the chapter is a conversation that Narada uh, is having with Vyasadeva. Text five, Narada. Yuvacha bhikshu bhir vipra vasite vignana deshtribhir mam 
Vatamanoviasa adyetat etat akarasham Narada uvacha bhikshabhivipravasate Vigyana distribimam vatamanoviasa adyetata etat akarasham Narada uvacha bhikshabhivipravasate Vigna nandastribimam Vatamanovayasadyetat etad akarasham. Nara uvacha. Bhikshu bhivi pravasite. Vignana destribirmam. Vatamanovia sadye Tad etad akarasam Word for word, Narada Yuvacha. Sri Narada said, Bhikshubi, by the great sages, Vipravasite, having departed. For other places. Vijnana. Scientific spiritual knowledge. Adestrabi. Those who imparted unto me. Mam. Mine. Vartanmana. Present. Vyasa adye. Before this life, Before this life. Tata. tata, thereafter, thereafter. Itat. itat, this much, much. akarasham, performed. And the translation here is Sri Narada said, the great sages who had imparted scientific knowledge of transcendence to me departed for other places and I had to pass my life in this way. Again, Sri Narada said, the great sages who had imparted scientific knowledge of transcendence to me departed for other places, and I had to pass my life in this way. And the purport is brief and very much to the point. In his previous life, when Naradaji was impregnated with spiritual knowledge by the grace of great sages, there was a tangible change in his life. Although he was only a boy of five years, that is an important symptom visible after initiation 
by a bona fide spiritual master. Actual association of devotees brings about a quick change in life for spiritual realization. How it so acted upon the previous life of Narada Muni is described by and by in this chapter. So, a lot of the descriptions of how Narada Muni was affected by the knowledge he received is going to be covered in this chapter, and we're going to touch on just a bit of it. But again, the purport. In his previous life, when Narada Ji was impregnated with spiritual knowledge by the grace of the great sages, there was a tangible change in his life. Although he was only a boy of five years, that is an important symptom visible after initiation by the bona fide spiritual master. Actual association of devotees brings about a quick change in life for spiritual realization. How it so acted upon the previous life of Sri Narada Muni is described by and by in this chapter. And it's really, really interesting when we start to read the Srimad Bhagavatam over again, or even for the first time, if we're fortunate enough, we pick up some understanding of what's being said. In this particular case, we're talking about Naradaji, a child whose mother was a maidservant to great sages. And Narada being fortunate enough very fortunate enough to be with his mother. He had the blessed, the most auspicious opportunity of not only having some association to some extent with the sages, but he would also take the remnants of their prashadam. And he would generally do that in the absence of his mother. If his mother wasn't there, he would fill in. And if the sages had something extra left on their plates, Narada would ask for permission, and he would take the remnants. But it is so amazing. It is so amazing when we understand how potent the maha, the remnants of prashadam from pure devotees can affect us. How in so many ways it can affect us, it's unbelievable. And in the purport, what is mentioned is something that we always try to make it a point with devotees, those that are aspiring for association, those that are aspiring 
for initiation, one must take the Hare Krishna, one must take the association and initiation from a bona fide spiritual master. It is very important. You hear so often people saying, I have Srila Prabhupada's books, don't need initiation. Well, it was set up so that after Srila Prabhupada left his body, he left individuals in that position to take devotees or take individuals and give them initiation in his absence. So the point that's made here is the point that we'll hear over and over again if we're fortunate enough to come into these classes, if we're fortunate enough to have access to the scriptures to hear how important it is to take association and take initiation from a bona fide spiritual master, how important it is to have the association of devotees. It is impossible to stress enough how important it is that association of devotees is. And we're not just talking about just anybody that walks under the premise or masks themselves as a devotee. You can tell a devotee by the way they behave, by not so much their dress, but there's an inner energy that comes from a devotee that's sincere. And when one is really sincere enough and hungry for that association, Krishna will make the arrangements that he places a particular devotee for your association. It is healthy. In addition to, what am, what am I always saying? Chanting, reading, hearing from a pure devotee, from a realized soul, from an acharya, from a spiritual master. And then by having, thank you, by having the association of a devotee, so many, so many wonderful things happen when you are in the association of devotees and when you have the maha. I remember some, there were times when I would go on trips and we would have sannyasis there. And initially I didn't understand why people were running after their plates. You know, I thought they were animals. Why, why are they going after the plate? Just, just toss it. Little did I realize how much potency those plates had, how much potency the, the uh, prashadam had or the remnants uh, in the Vedanta Sutra, there's a statement. Prakshacharkarnara abhyasat. In that statement from the Vedanta Sutra 3.2.26 is that devotional service is so important that simply by engaging oneself in the devotional service of others or taking prasadam, one becomes enlightened without a doubt. Let me read that again. 
Let me make sure I'm quoting this, so forgive me if it doesn't come out correctly. It should. Devotional service is so potent that simply by engaging in the activities of devotional service, one becomes enlightened without a doubt. Now, you can have different individuals engaging in devotional service, but it depends on the sincerity of their heart. You can have people masking as servants, sometimes to get the attention of one, but when you do it sincerely from the heart, when you do it, when you're serving a servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna, there is a tremendous impact on that particular individual. You may not feel it immediately. You may feel it maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe years from that time. But if you were sincere, Krishna will make the arrangements that just that association engaging in the service will have an impact. And of course, Narada at such a young age was able to take the remnants And another thing from taking the the remnants of the great sages or sannyasis, realized souls, one gradually becomes pure-hearted. One even comes to the level of understanding, being that the highest goal in religion stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam, and it, it states, Seva pumsa para dhamma yato bhaktia The highest goal of all religion is devotional service. And that means after you've gone through all the teachings and understanding of who God is, and most Most institutions uh, do not go to the extent of describing accurately who the Lord is. And even if they give a vague description, it seems to end at that point. And then what follows after is generally what follows after. And I'm speaking from experience, not experience being in every church or every temple, uh, more so churches. But what generally follows after a lesson in um, describing the Lord to the best of one's ability, one takes the position of a beggar, and they treat the Lord as someone that you just give your orders to. Well, the Lord is so fantastically rich, all knowledgeable, but they focus really much, really pretty much on what the Lord has to give. And they're asking for things. We don't have to open our mouths and ask for anything from the Lord. It is nice to have conversations with the Lord. It is nice to communicate with the Lord. And the Lord knows when there is a lack in our lives. And sometimes he will take things away from us. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because when he's taking things away from you, 
He is actually pulling you closer to him. He's getting rid of all the little disturbances and the stones and the problems and the issues that are in your way so that you can have better association with him. Sometimes the Lord will allow a certain degree of intensity in a particular issue from our past. Let's say we had um, previous issues in our previous lives, and maybe one of them is that we may have to face an illness or an injury. Now, that illness or injury is not on the Lord. It is from previous lives, but it is the Lord's ability and his potency to limit the extent of that pain or the longevity of it. But never think that if one has a continuous issue, there's always something popping up. Think about the fact that this may be an opportunity where the Lord is giving you his association, he's pulling you closer to him for more realizations. It's always as a rule, a good thing. But then again, remember, everything that happens is under the control of the supreme personality of Godhead. Another statement in the, um, in the scriptures on taking the remnants of the great Acharyas is that one can attain Vedic knowledge even though one may not go to their spiritual master's school or they may not go to a school designed for devotees, just taking the remnants of that prashadam can give one knowledge. Now, sometimes people want knowledge to be complicated. They want it to be complicated, and really, it's simple. You do this, you do that, and this is the end result. Very simple. In the, uh, Shrim, in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a very nice section on Narada Muni and some of the benefits that he obtained while being in the association of the great Acharyas. Let's see if we can find it again. The most, under the most confidential knowledge chapter, I believe. Okay, this really combines a couple of other sages with Narada Muni, but there's one that specifically highlights Narada's actions and the benefits of him being in the right place at the right time. Uh, Let's see what we've got here. Just bear with me a little bit more. And see, that's a nice part about realizing uh, one's abilities. In this age of Kali Yuga, all of the great senses that we should have, they are minimized. Remembering things, 
for instance. Those are some of the shortcomings that we can have sometimes. All right, let's just go back to the... um, Let's just go back to the, uh, the scriptures, uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam. What is going to happen in the balance of this chapter is that there will be more of a discussion of Narada Muni's life as a child and the benefits that he received from the sages and the very fact that being in the association of devotees, of realized souls, taking prasadam, we're always stressing how important it is to take prasadam, particularly in the temple. And in spite of all the other things that are going on, prasadam is very, very potent because It is food that is offered to the Lord. And, of course, the Lord doesn't have to eat anything. He can glance at whatever food you're giving him and turn it into blessed prasadam. That's also one of the benefits of having a great amount of faith in knowing who the Lord is and understanding how powerful he is and whether or not it makes any sense as far as logic goes that food that maybe we generally took many years ago before coming to Krishna consciousness, of course we've tweaked that menu a bit and it's more vegetarian, But it's almost unbelievable for most people to realize how potent that prasadam is. It makes you realize the connection that you have with the Lord. It enlightens the energy that you have. It enhances your chanting, your singing, your dancing, even just a little bit. What to say what Narada Muni was getting from the great sages. He did not have to go through the scriptures and read word for word the knowledge that one acquires from the Vedic literature. Just by him being in the association of the great acharyas, of the great sages, just taking the remnants of their prasadam gave him knowledge, it enlightened him. It overrode or it rose above anything else that one could have attained by sitting in a class and taking this knowledge from a teacher. There is a sage, and I'm trying to remember the name right now, but he would hold the Vedic literature in his hands. He couldn't read it, but somehow or another he understood it. And I believe it was noted that he held it upside down, but 
he knew the scriptures backwards and forwards, if there's such a thing. He knew the scriptures. And it just lets you know that understanding the scriptures does not have to be a complicated process of remembering the shlokas. It's nice. It's great if you remember the shlokas. It's even greater when you repeat them from memory and you can relate them to what you are reading. Is it necessary? Some people believe it is. Otherwise, if you're not quoting a scripture or if you're not sprinkling a text here or there, then it's not legitimate preaching, and we know that's not true. It all depends on what is needed by an individual at a particular point in time. You can take the most complicated philosophy, and you can boil it down to something, some very potent information that is palatable to anyone. Now, there's nothing wrong with anyone reading from the scriptures, giving a definition of uh, a particular Sanskrit word. There's absolutely, it's perfect. But it just depends on what energy is necessary at a particular point in time. And with Narada Muni, we understand that just by him being with his mother as a child, I believe they said he spent four years there helping his mother serve. And when she wasn't available, he would do it. And in the process of him doing it, he acquired the knowledge. He acquired the sincerity, the desire to serve he acquired devotional service or bhakti yoga, which is the highest form of spiritual knowledge. What is important in all the scriptures that we read is to understand that Krishna is the supreme, supreme personality that he is omnipotent, that he is the beginning and there is no end, he is endless. The names of Krishna, endless. You think of the waves in the ocean, I think someone compared it to the waves in the ocean. Countless, they're constantly being created. We need to understand who Krishna is. We need a really good identity who the Lord is. And the Vedic literature gives us that information. We also need to understand that we are not foreign to him. We are part and parcel of the Lord. We have certain potencies similar to the Lord. We do not have them all, but we have certain potencies. And in this world, or in any world, you're going to be serving someone or something or some habit. It is our 
knowledge that our service is to the Lord, but in this age of Kali Yuga, our service to the servant of the servant of the servant of the Lord is just as beneficial. And we have to realize that as we're serving and as one becomes more enlightened and takes initiation, because it does put you on a faster track of knowledge when you take initiation, if you're following the rules and the regulations properly, but it puts you on a fast track to the knowledge. And you understand that that devotional service is not the type of service that one gives in Kali Yuga, like the servant and the master where it's a condescending relationship. This is a loving relationship, and we can serve the Lord in different capacities, as a parent, as a friend, as a fa- as a of course as a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, as a lover. There are so many ways that we can perform bhakti yoga devotional service. Sweeping the temple, seeing that if there is something that's out of place, tidying it up. If a faucet is dripping somewhere in the temple, turn the water off. If dishes need to be washed, do the dishes. There is such mercy in washing pots and pans. So much mercy. You should try it. Cutting up vegetables for the Lord. Cooking for the Lord. Dressing the Lord. Singing, dancing, preaching, reading, hearing. There are so many different avenues of devotional service, of bhakti yoga. So much so that really no one should be able to say that there is Nothing that I can do in the temple. I don't know what service to do. You find someone who is a regular devoted devotee in that temple and ask them what type of service is necessary. And you will find yourself enlivened and enlightened by performing that particular service. With anyone else, it would be mundane service. It would mean absolutely nothing. But when you realize that you're doing it In the service to the Lord, it takes on a different meaning. It even creates, if you're fortunate enough, it creates a loving relationship. When you love someone, when you really love someone, you want to serve them. And with the Lord, when you serve him, He serves you. You capture his heart. Devotees can capture the Lord's heart. He becomes your servant. But you would be foolish to think of it that way. But the love is so strong that you do one thing, Krishna multiplies it. 
There's nothing wrong with praying to the Lord. But our relationship with the Lord should not be, give me, give me, give me, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. You have to be careful what you ask for. Because depending on what your past lives were, you may get something that is not necessarily to your benefit. And you may have gotten it over and over again until you finally realize you're bumping your head up against a brick wall and you should be asking that the Lord allow you to serve him because that relationship and that service is most perfect. When we ask for something from the Lord, which Nadada didn't have to, when we ask for something from the Lord, as a devotee, If it is in your best interest, the Lord will give it to you, but in a way that you should properly handle it. It may come in a totally different form, but the Lord never makes mistakes. Never, ever makes mistakes. Narada Muni discovered devotional service was highly, highly a loving exchange. He understood Vedic knowledge. This is coming to him. This is coming to him just from taking the remnants of the great Acharyas. And I really do have to find this part to read, and then we'll end. And it was on Narada Muni's relationship with the Acharyas. And it spoke of his previous life. Ah. Okay, and also, um, just for information purposes, in the Bhagavad Gita, chapters 7 through 12, covers the life of Narada Muni. In Bhagavad Gita, this is what I was trying to grasp. This is why sometimes the best organizer is not organized at all. But you want someone to do something, find someone that's extremely busy and they're going to work it in. It may not come out as perfect, but it'll come out eventually. But in the ninth canto, sep- second chapter, it says in the Vedanta Sutra, three two twenty six, it is described in the following words: "Prakashas chakarmani abhyasat." Devotional service is so potent that simply by engaging in the activities of devotional service, one becomes enlightened without a doubt. And you need to realize that Narada Muni did not have any um, education. He was not born in a high family. He was, as you'll hear repeatedly, the son of a maidservant. And it says that... um, 
while engaged as a boy servant for these pure devotees, these purified devotees, he was intimately associating with him. And it speaks of sometimes he would take the remnants from their plates And a devotee that's sincerely taking to the title of devotee or bhakti really begins after a while to relish the taste, the act of doing service for the Lord, unceasing service to the point where it would be difficult to find that devotee telling you, no, I don't have time to do this. It's unceasing love for service to the Lord. And you can really tell when a devotee is devoted because they won't look for various excuses not to do service. They will look for reasons to do service. They do it not to gain fame or fortune, They do it because there is a genuine love. They don't just show up when a big event is going on. They are there in the background, serving the Lord very quietly. No one needs to know. Their relationship is with the Lord and no one else. But it does help if they can get along with other people. But the relationship is really with the Lord. And the other quote um, from the ninth chapter, uh, second purport, the word dharmiya means the path of religion. Again, it speaks of not a disposition, and it also states that he had no education. It repeatedly makes this point. But the point is, Um, the highest goal of religion is devotional service. And that statement also comes in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Save Pumsham Parodama Yato Bhakti Adhaksajay. Religious people generally do not know that the highest perfection of religion is devotional service. It is not that you can get up and pick up a book and read or memorize like a parrot. Now, don't, don't misunderstand. There's nothing wrong with memorizing. There's nothing wrong with quoting. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond giving a complicated description of what religion is. It goes totally beyond that. It goes to the point where instead of, in addition to reading it and understanding what you're reading, you live the life of a devotee. You become an example of who or what a devotee is. So much so that you don't even have to open your mouth. Just by individuals being around you, they know there's something special about you. They know you're connected with the Lord. They watch you doing service. No complaints whatsoever. You're doing it because they see that special connection. But here's the thing. That special connection can be had by anyone. 
The Lord does not discriminate. You serve with sincerity. You offer water, fruit, leaf, flower. The Lord is very, very happy. It's not necessary for every meal to be a five or six or seven course meal. Sometimes the most earnest services and serving is giving something very simple to the Lord because the Lord understands. He understands if nobody else does. You're doing it from your heart. And the other thing is, don't be so concerned with what anyone else is thinking. As long as you know you have a very good relationship and understanding with your guru and that you're following the process, the scientific process of devotional service, do it to the best of your ability. There are going to be things that come up as stumbling blocks or or stumbling stones in your path. The most recent one is what's in the news right now. People are panicking. I was at the store the other day, and um, no, it was yesterday, and they have signs on what they're limiting. That shows that the media is doing a really good job of what they're being paid to do. They're paid to get your attention, and sometimes, most of the time, they're paid to hype or to escalate the news to the point where your attention is so much focused on one or two points that other things are going on. There are undercurrents of other things that are going on, and we lose track. Pull yourselves together. We must pull ourselves together and focus on serving the Lord, being a servant of the servant of the servant, no matter what's going on. Stay on the path of devotional service. This is Kali Yuga. So many things are going to happen. Expect it to happen. The surprise is when something does not happen, everything is following divine order. Getting back to the point of the scripture again, text 5, chapter 6, canto 1, Sri Narada said, the great sages who had imparted scientific knowledge of transcendence to me departed for other places, and I had to pass my life in this way. And it describes in the purport in his previous life, Narada G was impregnated with spiritual knowledge by the grace of great sages. We have an opportunity to be impregnated with spiritual knowledge if we but surrender and allow ourselves to accept the most perfect information coming from the Lord. And it goes on to say there was a tangible change in his life. There should be a change in our lives when we take initiation. We should not be the same person that we were the day before we took initiation. Something should begin to change, if not within that period before initiation, after initiation. We shouldn't be the same person. And every single time that we do a checkup on ourselves 
look ourselves in the mirror or present ourselves in front of our gurus, those that are fortunate to still have gurus in their bodies, each time you see them, there should be a change in you. You should not be the same person. And the point I'm making is that change should be an advancement. It should be a plus, not a negative. Nothing should ever be the same as it was before. It should be better than it was before. You should be giving an example of a perfect devotee that's taking bhakti yoga or devotional service seriously. That is an important symptom, the fact that there should be a change in one's life after initiation by the bona fide spiritual master. Actual association of devotees, and that you will not hear enough. Association, association, association of devotees. What's key is the proper devotee that you're associating with. They should be a description of what we're reading in the literature, in the Vedic scriptures. If you're doubting whether or not you're associating with the proper devotee, ask Krishna for guidance. He never, ever fails in responding to you. You must have good association. During times like this, during times when you have questions on the scriptures, when you want to have Krishna kata, when you just want to be in the association of devotees, make sure it's the right association, the proper association. You need a description. It's in the Vedic literature. The characteristics of that particular type of devotee. And again, actual association of devotee brings about a quick change in life for spiritual realization. And it goes on to tell you that how it so acted upon the previous life of Sri Narada Muni is going to be explained further in this chapter. So, um, understanding that this is Kali Yuga, never ever making excuses to anyone uh, for anything. Well, let me put that another way. Um, if there was something incorrectly said or quoted, forgive me. That's on me, no one else. But uh, we'll end at this point, and we'll begin with text six um, after, afterwards. So, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Jai Sri Sri Radhakala Chanji Dam Ki Jai. Oh, yes, yes, Prabhu. Can we hear you? I had one experience with Prashadam, the potency of Prashadam. I was coming to the temple, this was in 1973 in Brooklyn, the Henry Street Temple, and I was getting really serious. I was coming every Sunday, I was coming during the week, and then um, all of a sudden I got a phone call from Mr. Maya. (laughs) Mr. Maya, okay. 
So I stopped coming to the temple and, you know, resumed a few of my older habits again. And uh, one day I was walking on the street in New York, crowded street, and I met a devotee by chance. I mean, they were around a lot. The devotees were always distributing prasadam and books and on the streets of New York. This was probably in the, I think it was the Times Square area. I met a devotee and I knew him very well and he, you know, we were talking and he had some prasadam. He gave me a sweet, a maha sweet. So I took the sweet and I ate it and I was going home on the subway and then all of a sudden my whole consciousness changed. I was so overcome with like uh, devotional feelings just from eating uh, a small piece of sweet, I, I just started feeling all this uh, devotional sentiments that I had felt before when I was going to the temple and becoming serious. And it was just so overwhelming, that, the, the energy in that, the devotional energy in that prasadam. It was, it was just completely... And then after that, I just started coming to the temple again. And then eventually I joined. So prasadam is very potent. Sometimes we take it for granted, but uh, that devotional energy is, is really there. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Chakra Prabhu Ki Jai. That tells you, I mean, Chakra Prabhu, His Grace Chakra Prabhu has been around for a while. And he's talking about how potent it was. He stepped away from it, the movement just temporarily and after tasting the prasadam again back on track and he's been on track ever since then but not to minimize what he said that's the potency of prasadam thank you so much for adding to that yes yes thank you so much Prabhu. thank you so much so there perfect example of the potency of prasadam and it gets better and better. So again, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Jai, Sri Sri Radha Kala Chanji Dham Ki Jai.